0: Bonjour and welcome to another episode of everyonehatesmarketers.com, the no fluff actionable marketing podcast for people sick of marketing bullshit. I'm your host, Louis Grenier. After 4 years, 175 episodes recorded, 9625 minutes of no bullshit content published and 1 million plus downloads reached, I felt it was time to shake things up a bit. You see, I wanna help you radically stand out because I firmly believe it's the only way for you to succeed without marketing bullshit. So moving forward, each episode is gonna be around 20 minutes long. Each episode is gonna be super practical where I'm gonna teach you one way to radically stand out that you can apply to your business today. I'm gonna use snippets of past interviews, the lessons I've learned from my own experience and plenty of concrete examples. Oh, and one last thing. I'm also turning each of those episodes into the only newsletter focusing on differentiation and positioning so you can read at your own pace and remember the concept I'm teaching. If it's of interest, I hope you'll sign up today on everyonehatesmarketers.com. I'll also notify you when I launch new stuff and products and you can win rewards for referring other Mavericks the newsletter like branded cups and t-shirts and posters and private group coaching and plenty of other nice little surprises all right on to the podcast all right i have a little pop quiz for you what book sold over 3 million copies was translated across 44 languages was written in 2005 by Detroit-based researcher Chan Kim and Rene Boburn, who wanted to actually understand how American companies could compete against Japanese ones. The authors also ended up consulting for the Malaysian government and multiple multinationals. So, I don't know if you've guessed it, it's blue ocean strategy. And the red ocean versus the blue ocean analogy is still very popular to this day being used by marketers, founders, CEOs, investors alike. I have nothing against the authors, right? I just want to say that out front. And in fact, I do have incredible respect for them and their work. I know how tough it is to develop a successful book. It's one of the harder things to do in the business world, especially selling millions of copies. So I have nothing against them. However, how people interpret the Blue Ocean analogy and put it into practice is often an issue. I've discussed that already in one of my episodes where I argue that category creation is bullshit except under extraordinary circumstances. So what's more is that there is one very critical point that I didn't make in that episode that I really want to make in this one. So, Blue Ocean is more like a gigantic bloodbath. Let me explain. First, I want to talk about the fact that the conventional interpretation of the red ocean versus the blue ocean analogy is that number one each industry has its own red ocean and competitors are sharks hunting down fish implying there is blood hence the red ocean and also that the sharks basically attack each other which adds the blood point two is that in a red ocean companies vie for market share they exploit the demand that is already there it's a confined space and they basically try to beat the shit out of each other And then point three is that, on the other hand, blue oceans are the industries not in existence today, untainted by competition, that's why it's blue, where all the little fishes are there for you to catch. Basically the dream, I mean, who doesn't want that scenario? So the solution sounds really simple. You just find people who aren't customers within a given industry, solve their problem in a new way. If you do that, you can end up making billions like Cirque du Soleil, Swatch, Viagra, the Sony Walkman, all of that. Well, not so fast. In reality, and that's the point I really want to make in that episode, the analogy is not that there is one red ocean per industry. There is just one massive red ocean, period. We are all in one gigantic red ocean. There's not multiple red oceans, multiple blue. It's all the same ocean. The reason why is because we're all after the same fishes. We are all navigating around day after day, We are all, as fish, choosing multiple solutions, multiple products and service every day making multiple decisions, keeping to our routine, changing our routine. And we consider multiple types of products, multiple types of industry, all day, every day. So the key here is really to stop thinking like a shark and start thinking from the perspective of the fish. Here is how to actually think like a fish. I'm going to give you a few examples to illustrate this. First one, example one. Cirque du Soleil. It's probably the most popular example from Blue Ocean Strategy, and it's positioned as this alternative to the traditional circus, where they basically stopped showing animals, they added themes to the experience and specific venue, focusing on really really impressive like human stunts. And if you think about Cirque du Soleil from the perspective of the shark, you might think that you're swimming in a purely blue, industry-specific ocean with no competition at all, you created your own ocean. but not so fast if you think about it from the perspective of the fish instead the fish has a job to be done a progress that they have to make in their life so let's take an example of one job to be done as a fish you might try to beat boredom so yeah sure maybe Cirque du Soleil pops out in your mind but you could also go to the cinema you could walk the park you could stay at home watch tv you can visit the zoo you can read a book you can do a combination of all of those things so in that context Siac du Soleil is not in its own little blue ocean. It's actually in a massive red gigantic ocean with all of those options around. Another job to be done could be to go on a date. So sure, you could go to Siac du Soleil. Maybe that pops into your mind. But you could also go bowling. You can make a home-cooked dinner. You can take a golf class. You can go picnicking. You can visit a museum. You can go to an improv comedy show. You can go dancing. Or anything else that really facilitates that growing romantic connection. So, you're not in a Cirque du Soleil blue ocean. You are in one gigantic red ocean with lots of competition. Second example is the air fry maker, an example that is also mentioned in the second book, the follow up of Blue Ocean Strategy called Blue Ocean Shift. So, some consider air fry makers, you know, that use 80% less oil than conventional fry makers to be a blue ocean as well. Again, it's important to think about it from the perspective of the fish. If you think of one job to be done to maybe give a tenth year wedding anniversary gift to your partner, as a fish you could give an air fryer as a gift. But you could also give a little bracelet, nice clothing, a fun vacation, a surprise for your spouse with ten of their favorite things on ten days leading up to the anniversary, a combination of all of that. Another job to be done for this would be uh, you want to lose weight while eating what you want. And so sure, you could also get an air fry maker, but you could also hire a personal trainer. You could hire a nutritionist, you could read educational material or stop eating fried food altogether. And again, a combination of all of that. Once again, this is not an air fry maker blue ocean. It's still the same one gigantic red ocean with lots of competition, lots of clutter. So what is the takeaway? All the fishes you're hunting are in one gigantic red ocean. We are all after the same fish in some way, shape, or form, even if we are in completely different industries. Specifically, the only thing that matters to fish is getting the job done, making progress in their life, which means you always have competition to satisfy the job to be done. There's always something happening. There's always current habits. There's always progress, always something going on. So as the shark, you are competing for mental and physical availability to trigger a fish to buy from you when they have a job to be done. Mental availability means that when there is a specific job to be done, your brand comes to mind. And this is perhaps the only situation where your brand can truly be uncontested in the mind of an individual buyer. If your brand comes to mind first, when they think of a specific job to be done, you have won the game. And the game is then to keep repeating that so that they never forget about you. On the other hand, physical availability means that your product or service is available where people are at. So for example, if there is no Cirque du Soleil in your city or anywhere near you, you will probably never consider it as an option for your romantic date or beating boredom. So both are important, mental availability and physical availability. So with that information, what do you do? How to compete for mental and physical availability and thrive in bloody waters? Well, step one will be to identify those jobs to be done. To identify what triggers customers to buy in the first place and the alternative solutions they're actually considering. So how do you do that? I've talked about it a few times before. It's always good to repeat those things. My best advice is to absolutely interview existing customers or those who bought a similar solution if you don't have customers right now. In fact, Adele Revela, the CEO of the bioperson Institute, gives us a step-by-step.
1: The principle is this. You want to have a conversation with someone. No survey, no scripted questions. The only scripted question I want you to ask them is this one. Take me back to the day when you first decided that you needed to solve X, this kind of problem or achieve this kind of a goal. Not not to buy my product. That's not the day we want to go back to the day when you thought that it was urgent and compelling to go spend money to solve a particular problem or achieve a goal. And just tell me what happened. And the key to this interview to this is a conversation now, where without a script, we ask people to reflect back on that moment, and to go as deep as they can into what changed at that moment. And, and I'll just pick one since it's we're approaching the end of the year, you know, in January, just about everybody wants to lose weight, we eat too much at the holidays. And now it's time to lose weight, right. And so, you know, take me back to the day when you first decided that you needed to lose five pounds, or 10 pounds, or that you needed to become more fit. And tell me what happened. And people will talk about how they want to be in better shape, or they want to be healthier, or they want to look nicer. But What we do after people give us that answer is we get them to go deep, like, okay, why didn't you do it sooner? What really changed to have you decide that now's the time to lose weight or to now's the time to secure your internet infrastructure or now's the time to uh, go on a big vacation or remodel your home? You know, it's, it's really getting people to talk at length about what changed at that moment and then to have just very gradually walk them through every single thing they did and thought about as they went through that real decision.
0: Step two is, as always, to use your own experience, your common sense observation to understand the jobs to be done, the triggers, the potential alternatives people are using, using what I've described above, forgetting that you think you are in a blue ocean, really looking at the perspective of the fish and what they're actually considering. So observation is super important. You need to develop curiosity to really understand, forget about your brand and look at it from their perspective. Step three is to be where the buying triggers happen, when they happen, to help customers satisfy their job to be done. What's important there is when people think of your brand in a situation where they wanna give a gift to someone, for example, well, your goal as a marketer is to recognize that and to be communicating on that and creating campaign on that single fact. You start forgetting about comparing yourself with direct competition and instead focus on the triggers, the things that make people start thinking about potentially buying from you again there's an episode on that around buying triggers that you can dive into step four is to differentiate yourself from those competing alternatives, and this is when you can really obsess over another underserved group of people who are underserved by the competing alternatives and in fact in blue ocean strategy there's a six path framework that i absolutely love and i'm just going to talk about it for a bit because it, i think it's pretty cool to understand those things So I'm just going to select a few of the six-path frameworks. a few things you can ask yourself to start to really find ways to differentiate. The number one will be the industry path. Instead of focusing on rivals within your industry, look across alternatives doing the same job. For example, you might determine that Christmas is a massive buying trigger for your air fry maker product. So you position your air fry maker as a gift. You talk about it a lot as a way to be gifted to partners or friends. The second part you could look into are the strategy groups. I've talked about that before. Instead of competing after the same generic group of customers, you could look at folks who are underserved by existing competing alternatives. You can try to slice and dice the data to understand if there are differences in the market you could take advantage of, or if a certain group of people are in a lot of pain compared to the others. And then finally. You could look at the scope of the product or the service offering. You can take a look at how you can complement existing offerings. For example, if you are trying to compete against traditional circus, right, and you're doing research on that, and you realize that everyone after the circus go to eat somewhere in a restaurant nearby, maybe that's something you can do to offer. You look at the complements, the things that happened before, during, and after, in order to really satisfy clients in a better way. So to summarize, there are no Red Oceans and Blue Oceans, plural. There is one single gigantic Red Ocean. Your products and services might compete with alternatives you may have never ever considered or even a combination of those. It's never uncontested. If it is uncontested, it might happen in people's brains sometimes where they think of you and there is no contest. But in general, if there is demand, there is always a contest. And finally, to understand your market, look from the perspective of their jobs to be done, their buying triggers, and what they consider to be competing alternatives. And use the six-path framework I just told you about to try to differentiate yourself. That's it for another episode of EveryoneHatesMarketers.com. I'm pouring my heart and soul into this. Uh, It will mean a lot to me if you check out the newsletter that goes with this podcast at everyonehatesmarketers.com. I send this newsletter every Tuesday. It's packed with very practical, step-by-step, actionable ways for you to radically stand out. And when you sign up, you also get access to a free 8-lesson course on the same topic. All right, see you on the other side. And that's it for another episode of everyonehatesmarketers.com. Thank you so much. quickly skim yours amy said also loving the new content is coming from you it feels really lovely candle said i like your writing a lot it really resonates there's so much bullshit out there it's good to touch the authentic and chloe said where is the i fucking love this email button brilliant i hope you subscribe you'll be joining more than fourteen thousand subscribers at this stage which is crazy it's the size of a small stadium anyway thank you so much